Welcome to the CTG Nation podcast, episode 56. This is going to be our full South Carolina SWAT challenge review with Thomas from Valkyrie Tactical Solutions. Um, we're going to be breaking down the teams, doing a little review of those. Um, we'll be going through day one, day two, and day three. Um, so that'll be the workshop, uh, the skills portion, and then the open range day. Um, and then we're going to end it with some recommendations. Most of them are logistics. Most of them wouldn't be for teams or competitors, but how we're going to make this bigger and better for y'all next year. Um, this is basically an expanded version of my individual AAR number four, which was the last episode, episode 55. It's kind of a long one. Um, but it is a full breakdown, um, couple curse words, couple, couple bad jokes. If you don't want to let your sheriff or chief listen to it, whatever, but it is a full review and it is a solid idea for anybody new that is coming, um, next year, or if anybody that participated this year would like to share it, um, so they can have an idea of what's going on. Little ad read, and then we're going to get into it. Thomas, you hear me, buddy? I got you. What's going on? Recovering. Still recovering. <laughs> the, uh, hey, man, not not a single break. Went from uh, <laughs> went from that to work to yep, same. Hey, same. That's the life. Yeah, it is. So we're gonna be doing the uh, same thing we did last year. Do the this is like gonna be the official, uh, like podcast. AAR of, oh, yeah. top, or of the challenge. Um, so a lot of people like just my individual one. And then, I don't know, they just Dude, like, yeah. um, I mean, they liked the individual one last year. And then, hell, I think I might have done, or at least it was like part of the uh, the conversation with like the next two times I had spoke to Brewer and to, uh, and to Corey. So it's just kind of like a continued review, I guess. Yeah. No, your, um, uh, your, your review is good, man. Yeah. It's just, I don't, I am, I am more uncomfortable than people know with, um, doing these episodes, doing episodes by myself. Um, cause I think it's, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I'll like forget things or, like I'm not bouncing ideas. I'm so used yeah. to just like being like in a team environment and bouncing off uh, ideas off other people. And um, I don't know. I, I just prefer. Really, yeah. I just. I just prefer it's, that. You know. It's but, what you do. Yeah. So, already. Uh, it's what's funny is I. Uh, the other day, I was just super motivated after the comp, like after the challenge and then the, um, getting back to work. And then I think got like back from like a crazy good workout or like tried something different. And then I came back and I was like, Oh, I need to make notes for this. That's and awesome. then I just, I hammered out like two pages, like a crackhead without even stopping. <laughs> uh, some stuff we had talked about at the comp, some stuff we didn't, some of it was, you know, kind of the, the shower thoughts or like first thing in the morning thoughts. Yeah. Um, but I think first I wanted to break down the teams um, and then we can do a, um, 
you can throw in sponsors where wherever you see fit or um or at least maybe the ones that um were like really involved with stages and and stuff um Yeah. yeah so with the teams and if i get this order wrong freaking correct me so greenville won again um back-to-back champs um i'm just kind of gonna go through a list of of what i liked about the teams and stuff that i saw where i was um i don't know i was kind of disappointed like with spartanburg city like i'm not gonna lie like i thought they were gonna do better because i know they're i know they're better because i know that y'all train them all the time like i know a lot of those guys because of brewer um so i was kind of let down um i mean no offense but yeah, i think i think I, a lot of it uh they had some younger guys on the team yeah they um, did have some because personnel. I, I saw a couple i saw a couple of their aces you know sitting on the side or watching supporting them but yeah kind of getting getting fresh blood in there which i you know i do like that too because that's yeah a whole nother spectrum of training that they're getting. Yeah, it is. And it'll open their eyes to a lot of stuff. And that's what I'm trying to um, do with some of the people in my part of the state that, uh, that Paul works with, with chaos. But yeah, so Greenville um, back to back, I didn't see the final numbers. I didn't even know really how close it was. Um, But I've got a feeling it was kind of close with the top three for sure. It was. Um, Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I mean, Greenville showed up and, and does what Greenville does. Um, everybody knows, like, they run their own SWAT school. Um, they're kind of they're kind of built for speed. Um, there were certain stages where some people were bitching about, uh, and, and justified justified bitching, by the way. And we're going right. to adjust some of that stuff with, <clears throat> yeah. you know, speed being uh, like too much of a priority and not. Right. You know, and we'll and we'll correct that on the back end, but um, they're built for that, and but they also know how to because of how professional and well trained they are, they know when to, you know, throttle up and throttle down, um, which a lot of teams struggle with. I know my team um struggles with that, and we we've seen that in some of our training, um, with what I've been dealing with, you know, with the day job, um. Like I said, they're super disciplined. Their camaraderie's awesome. I mean, they train together all the time. They've got uh you can tell they PT together also. Um, they're they're probably the most in shape team from the oldest dude to the youngest dude. I like um, that their senior man's the doc, yeah. And he's I mean, he is right beside him all the time. He's yep. he's busting butt, he's knowledgeable, he's uh he, yeah. he surprises me every year, but always yeah. always a good shout out to their doc. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then number two kind of came out of nowhere. That was um, Georgia, D.C. Yeah. Um, we didn't really know what to expect out of them. They found us. Uh, I, I asked them in one of the uh, one of the workshop days. I was like, hey, how did you all like stumble across this? Like, do you all know somebody at North Metro? They're like, no, we don't know any of those guys. Um, like whoever their team leader was started Googling and found it and it's close and it's cheap and it looks like a good time. Uh, not that we're like a cheap date or nothing, but (laughs) so they're like, Oh, let's put in for it. Um, and they liked it and they won three stages, bro. Yeah. It was awesome. They, uh, sniper team. Hey, their sniper team just 
amazed me. One of the uh, one of the best sniper teams I saw. The communication between them, the uh, the speed and uh, accuracy. Their uh, their spotter dead on every time, calling out calling out uh, targets. Mm-hmm. Their uh, the sniper the, the sniper on the trigger was was smooth. I was uh, very impressed. Yeah, and then um, they also took breaching. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which. I, mean, I don't know. Some people were think about what they about do. That. Some people were. Some people weren't. Um, yeah, I mean, think about what I mean. They have a very. Uh, they try to describe to to us what they do, and they're, you know, they're not in the jail. They're not a black or red team like we're familiar with at uh, with SEDC here. Um, but they do still go into um, the prisons. Right, and um, you know their their coin says they do riot control, hostage rescue, fugitive apprehension, high risk warrants. So I mean, they, they get after it, Georgia wide. Yeah, it's a very it's a very interesting badass team, and all those guys were, um, <clears throat> they're from across the state. Like those, yeah. I think that's what was most impressive about taking stages like that, and they're not all, you know, in the same county. I mean, they're from one end of the state to the other um, and then came together to play second winning three stages um, and their team dynamics were good I mean for people who are all across the state and don't get to train together yeah, all the time yeah super impressive when I think um, they were and there was a mix and all these teams eh, there might be one that's like really young but most of these teams, like there's a there's an age range. Yeah. Um, Greenville has a significant age range. No offense. Um, <laughs> um, Georgia DC had a pretty big um, age gap. Uh, Anderson's all about the same, I think. Um, North Metro, with the exception of their doc, they're all younger dudes. I feel like um, their sniper's a little older. I think. Um, Spartanburg is, I mean, bro, they had some dudes that look like they were 19. Like, yeah, they've got some that, fresh, fresh blood in there. And um, I, you know, I, I like that they, they were using them. They, they plugged them in and they said, hey, yeah. This is- yeah. Um, going back to the placement, uh, number three came in, Anderson. Um, they, Anderson definitely has a, a swag. Um, very, very uh, similar, hey, very, very they, similar to Greenville. They were talking shit to Greenville. Um, uh, they like also, it. they also work together though. Like they do joint stuff. Um, but I would kind of describe, uh, describe them as, uh, like if Greenville's old money, Anderson's new money. Yeah. I liked, uh, to, uh, to be honest, I liked how their, their command staff, super supportive. They had a huge gathering there. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I think they had like two or three gators, uh, drones. Their their bearcat. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just impressed. They uh, yeah, some they of their uh, some of their leadership came out that first day. Went all the way down on the O course. Like had <laughs> yeah. his press shirt. I don't know who he was. Um, I don't think I don't think it was the sheriff. Um, white, white shirt and all, covered in mud. Yeah, he's just like, he's yeah. like, oh, this is great, this is awesome, and then just like <laughs> shook a bunch of hands and left. I was like, damn, um, awesome. yeah, just impressed. And they were, 
they were highly motivated. They're like, yo, we're coming back. We're taking this next year. I was like, they uh, they won CQB. Won CQB. Um, yep. That's yeah. I didn't. Uh, I just remember Georgia. That was the one that stuck out to me, where they won three stages and got second. Yeah. I was like, surprise, surprise. I mean, we didn't know what to expect out of them either. I mean, I saw them, and everybody looks good when you're just looking at them, and then, you know. You get on. I mean, you can wear all the fancy stuff you want until you get on the field and get your shit pushed in. Um, so they took CQB. Uh, what else did they take? Did they take anything else? Um, close seconds, but I mean, they. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one they won. Yeah. Um, North Metro came in at fourth, so our two new teams yeah, yeah. got in the top three. Um. North Metro came in at fourth. Um, that's a that's another cool team. It's their the party team. Yeah, the party boys. Um, <laughs> but they're still they're still good though. I, I don't want to give them just the name for that. Um, really fast, really well funded. Um, it's a joint team um, in the kind of nicer suburbs of Atlanta in the north part up there. Anybody that's familiar with that. Uh, Younger dudes, and then their doc, older guy, and like a real doctor. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. just I just just likes I don't know how he, he even came into being um, the doctor for that. I don't know. I don't really know his history or anything. But no, he's, I, don't, I don't know the backstory. But yeah, good. No, good he's, component. He's he's a badass. Um, Number five coming in was the Berg boys from Spartanburg. Um, like we said, I I think the I think it was just the new people that weren't necessarily on the same page where it kind of so. it, it kind of hurt their performance. Um, we know, and everybody listening knows that they have good fundamentals. Um, I mean, they're pretty pretty well funded. That team's been around for a while. Um, they kind of name their team different. I think it's called like TNT or something crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, they'll 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 figure it out next year. Like if they, oh yeah, like Good if they come dudes, in, they train if they hard. come in, if they come in top three next year, like I'd be like, yeah, like, like I wouldn't be surprised. Um, like and and all the all their team who, who you know the the senior guys who were supporting, they all knew. Like a good example was the Chaos Dickens drill for the uh, Live Fire. Mm-hmm. Everybody on the sidelines knew exactly the course of fire. Uh, the yeah. guys running it were like, "Do what?" But um, yeah. and that just shows you, the, you know, the, the the experienced guys on the sideline that are putting the new guys in there because hey, they're the future of the team. Yeah, um, they're big on you know their team component, and as you said, I think they'll come back next year charging hard. But good group of the guys. They uh, yeah, the um, team leaders, you know, very supportive. So and then the commander was there the whole time also. Yep. So was, I think a, I think a lot of them were. Um, Chester Chester came in um, unfortunately last at sixth. Good spirits. Um, though. They are. They, they, it's it's a really motivated team, and there's parts of the. And I think one of the biggest parts of the comp when it comes to like the scoring and making it as realistic as possible where speed may not be as important in other scenarios. Yep. Um, Chester is not built for speed. 
And you don't um, always have to be, you know, speed, which yeah. we're, we're going to fix for next year. Right. So they, they are not built for speed, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to fuck with them. No. <laughs> so a, a, a kind of term, and I didn't even, I don't even remember hearing this out of the comm, but then Paul put up a post and that's, that's Paul's boys or one of, one of Paul's departments that he works with. And he called them the angry gorillas, which is perfect. Um, Cause they're all like, mo- most of them are like just bigger country dudes that just they're bashing the door in their cqb is 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 fluid and solid um but i think they need i think they need more cardio to be honest um but all their like fundamentals and skills are all there for sure um but just some of the speed stuff does not benefit them as a team but that's not how they built their team either um where uh, Greenville and Anderson does. I mean, they're they. You can tell they do their cardio. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my rough roundup. You got anything to add with any of those? No, teams? that's a that's pretty accurate. The uh, once again, it never surprises me, but everybody leaves their ego at the door. So you have all these all these high performing teams that are all obviously uh, you know the a a personalities, but. They, they all leave their ego at the door. They're always, uh, you know, eager to jump in there and train and get it done. They get along. They, uh, it's always just cool to see the brotherhood and see how everybody mingles in together, and it's it's awesome. I mean, every year just ceases to amaze me. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be – it's just, it's just going to keep growing with some of the um, teams and sponsors that have already showed interest for 24. Um we got teams next year, like uh, Charleston, Myrtle Beach, that they're coming to the party next year, that they're going to yeah. budget, uh, budget in there to be there. Yeah, that'll be exciting. We've already um, started uh, putting some pressure on Richland County. Yes. Um, with, of course, uh, my Kyle, a part of CTG. He's not on here very much um, just because of schedules and we're living apart and, and shit like that. But um, – if we could put some pressure on Richland, that would be, that's one of the, that's one of the inside, that's kind of one of the inside jokes with like a lot of these departments, like say oh, yeah. that they're the best. Um, and I want to, however I can professionally pressure um, yeah. some of these bigger teams to all come in and have basically a clash of Titans. Yeah, I mean, competition breeds improvement. Because, I mean, like I said, Anderson is 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 new money, um, and they had everything um, that any of the other kind of like big, like five to ten departments in the state would have. Um, so, I mean, with them, Greenville, you get a Charleston team in there. Uh, you get... Char- Charleston big... also Charleston also runs their own uh, SWAT course, right? Is that the county or the city? The county, I think the county runs it like Greenville does. I'm not sure. I've been that's uh, that's I haven't been down there. That used to be a part of my world. It's not a part of my world anymore. Yeah. Um, but then and then you get some people from the you know the PD area like um, the Horry counties, uh, Myrtle Beach. I know Georgetown. Um, has been known to have a good team. Um, 
yeah, some of those the big like five to ten would be yeah. super exciting to see. I want to see um, Dorchester County. I want to see uh, you know Greenwood. There's a Lan- Greenwood. I mean, yeah, yeah, Lexington. Yeah, there's some there's some big ones big... I definitely definitely want to yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think we can get Greenwood next year. Um, Spart- Spartanburg County. Yeah, if we could talk the county into doing it. Yeah. Yeah. There's some big ones that would be exciting. And I'm sure there's going to be some uh, some teams out of left field, too. Um, they'll probably be – I wouldn't be surprised if another Georgia team came in. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised um, if a North Carolina team came in. Um, I think, I think Ar- Ardell wants to come back. They were in the middle of a, uh, a SWAT research, I think. So Okay. Yeah, if Iredale came back, those were cool dudes. Um, I, I would imagine some some departments closer to the upstate, the kind of border up there. Um, Dude, I want to see Charlotte. You know, Met. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Mecklenburg Charlotte, County. Charlotte Mecklenburg. Yeah, they do yeah. like a joint thing. So Charlotte Mecklenburg. Raleigh. Um, yeah. Uh, what's the one I'm thinking of up near y'all? Henderson. Yeah. Yeah. Henderson um, or Hendersonville. Hendersonville, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know they – I knew some sniper guys that used to train with them and stuff, and that would be exciting. I want to see uh, Green- Greenville City next year. Yeah. Yeah, that should be a – lot. and a lot of these are um, – they're not hard sells. Um, you know, you're getting teams – like North Metro and Georgia DC that um, you know, you would think that those would be a harder sell and both of them came to us yeah. um, where there's other teams that are like in our backyard or people that we even work with uh, you know, or people that are a part of our companies <laughs> that um, you know, it's, it's a harder sell to them. I don't know. Sometimes that stuff gets a little weird. Um but I mean, after two pretty big successful years like this, um, I don't know if anybody had any doubt of like thinking if the competition is legitimate or I don't know, just people not taking it serious. Uh, like, hello, it's serious. Um, whatever. Um, let's get into, Day one. So day one was uh, our workshop day. Um, this came up pretty pretty early last year yep. where um, people were just so in the dark being it year one. Um, some people had different you know they just have different standards i mean that's that's okay. kind of that's one of the blessings and curses of law enforcement especially from what i've seen in south carolina and i mean obviously that's the only place that i've policed um you know and been on a you know a specialized team but um you know there's some people that don't repel um but to be a you know, a, a like a tier one team um, following NTOA standards, you got to be able to do that. Um, you even have to have, I think you have to have air sets for like the tier one or level one, whatever they call it. 
Um, and that's kind of the, the, the guidelines we use for a lot of this stuff. So <clears throat> just going off of um, our outline that we had. So we had breacher up. So what did we teach? I didn't, I wasn't a part of this. So what did we teach on breacher up that was ended up being different from the lane? If at all. Yeah. So I like to, uh, you know, breacher up is always my jam, but I always like to start off with putting emphasis on the breacher. Why, why the breacher is so important talking about how, you know, if you can't get into the, into the objective, you can't complete the mission. So that's one of the, the biggest overlooked positions, right? Is your breacher because I mean, we've talked about it before. You don't even think about it because most of the time, 90%, you know, you take a ram to the door and it opens. But it's that it's that other ten percent. It's that other, you know. What if it's an outward swinging door? What's the commercial building? What if it's fortified? What if, uh, you know, we go on to just different tools and talking about breachers, saying, hey, you know, who's your backup breacher? All right, cool. Now who's the backup to that guy? Who, you know, we always have an A, B, C, and D plan. Yep. You know, we I, I call it our pace plan, right? Your primary, your alternate, your contingency, and your emergency. So having having those plans to, Hey, do you have four deep for breachers? Are your guys, you know, trained up and do they have a variety of tools and techniques they can use to get into buildings? Um, and, you know, as, as you know, we teach that, uh, that three series breacher class with Valkyrie. So we put a lot of emphasis on, on breaching the, uh, so just going over, Hey, you know, do you have a Ram? That's, you know, that's great. The Halligan is something as simple as your Halligan. The, uh, the Blackhawk kit that you get that every breacher has is shit. You know, the, the ads are thick as hell. Uh, they don't fit in the door like they should. They just, they suck and they're black and they're tactical, but they're not, they're not effective. Yeah. They're just painted so, black. <laughs> they are. They are. Yeah. It's, it's a paperweight. So I'm like, Hey, get, get rid of that shit. Get a true, uh, pro bar. That's 30 inches. That's, you know, you use your mechanical advantage to have a 15 to one if you do it right. So I talk about the, uh, the Halligan, um, and Hey, you know, spray paint it black. Who gives a shit, but either way, get a good Halligan. Um, we talk about the ballistic breaching and, uh, you know, what shotgun do you have? I, you know, I want to see it. Does it have the, uh, the Royal arms, uh, tip to where it's jagged. It digs in the door frame and uh, yep. gives you that offset for the gas exchange. It's, a uh, and it's just built for breaching. The uh, if you don't have that tip on it, you have to leave a little bit of a gap. Uh, it's also shorter, has a handle uh, handle grip instead of the uh, the buttstock. Yep. But it's it's a breaching shotgun. Uh, also, hey, what kind of rounds do you have? Do you have the frangible uh, breech rounds, or are you using something else uh, for price? Most places around here, there's straight buck. The double O. <laughs> yeah, it's just the double O. Double O buckshot. Yep. <laughs> but, the, but then we talk about, hey, why is it important to have the breach, you know, the breach shot? Um, talking about that, uh, going into saws. That's something where, you know, when when I took Master Breacher, when, you know, forceful entry, when all these old, older guys went through it, it's that heavy-ass gas K-12. It's loud. Uh, if you're not good at small engine maintenance, when's the last time you cranked it? Do you crank it every month? Uh, do you crank it before the call out? Now you cranked it in the yard and it's loud as shit. So steering away from that, we're going battery operated. Uh, yeah. The K9s are nine inch blade, uh, battery operated. It's it's quiet. It's power on demand. You can have that charger in your Bearcat or in your team van. And it's just uh, everybody who's gone through a breach lane has specced out a battery operated saw. 
They just yes. saw the benefit of it. And, and if that itself is a takeaway from this whole competition, which I know it's or the challenge, and I know there's a lot more, that's what we want. We want teams to walk away and be like, hey, we need this. So yeah, that's the biggest light cool. bulb. Cool. That's the biggest light bulb I always see for for breacher is yeah using using the saw. I, I think it was a uh, North Metro. They said they bought two after last year. They're like, we, oh, we yeah, fucking bought two. Yeah. So uh, you know they see the different brands. They see the different blades. Uh, one of the good example of blades was they were using the uh, during during the challenge they were using a uh, diamond tip blade. Mm-hmm. And it was cutting through the rebar, but then I was like, "Hey, let me let me show you what I used." And it was the, just the just the regular abrasive blade, and it cut through in a quarter of the time. And teams were like, "Holy shit!" But it's just knowing knowing what you have, knowing just different tools and its capabilities. So um, I use a Dewalt uh, with an abrasive blade. Uh, I think you know we had Safe Industries that were demoing their uh, Husqvarna. You know, I'm a steel guy, but the DeWalt for me has been just clutch. And you can get it at Lowe's, right? Or Home Depot. Yeah, you can get all those. Yeah. So, uh, pretty cool. Uh, the next thing we talked about was uh, breaching with a uh, with torches. That's a if if you talk to any uh any breacher, that's one of those lost skills. Not a lot of teams do it anymore. Uh, torches are are dirty. They're messy. And it's a lost art. So even in the rescue world, you know, I'm with Task Force Six with uh, the regional rescue team for the state, and uh, not a lot of people do torch work anymore, even in the rescue world. So it's it's one of those skills you need to have if you're a breacher. So what do you use? Do you have petrogen? Do you have acetylene? Uh, are you using plasma, which cuts clean, but you have to have the power outlet, power source, and air. Uh, you know, are using a rod. So kind of seeing what they have. I got a breach pen, which was awesome. We, uh, we didn't get a chance to demo that day cause we only had three, but, uh, I played around with it, uh, offsite and it's awesome. It burns for a short amount of time, but it's good for blowing through a lock. Um, yeah. you know, design designed for bulkhead doors and ships. Right. But, uh, knowing what's out there, how to use it. And, uh, right now I'm playing around with a, uh, a small compact plasma cutter just because plasma Ooh. cuts a lot cleaner. Yeah. 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 So, plasma cuts a lot cleaner, but having that battery source and, uh, a, like, you know, an SCBA for compressed air, but just kind of playing around seeing what's out there, what's going to be more efficient, what's going to help teams. Uh, then we jumped in. I let, uh, Hamatro since they were, uh, one of our, um, gold sponsors. I let Hamatro kick it off with giving them the floor. They brought their uh, own forceful entry door. That thing was awesome. It's the East Coast Solutions door. They had a variety of uh, hydraulic tools and uh, kind of rams that they're showing people. And hey, they had they had some cool stuff. So we gave him yeah, the floor. Usually the usually with those, I've seen it more with the uh, with fire. Um, I know. With my department, that's who showed us. That was kind of one of the SRT trainings. Um, was going to our fire department here. Um, and just some of those tools, our leadership determined that um, in a SRT situation, standing in front of a door that long, um, right. well, it's just not an option. Oh, yeah, um, fatal follow, right? So, and obviously, depending on the 
configuration of the of the tools you're using, but a lot of them were like, oh, you got to stand in front of the door, and you got to put it on this side and this side, and then you got to, and then you click the button. Um, There's a lot of stuff they were showing us, but then, um, you know, our department or the fire department here doesn't uh, like think uh, tactically, which I mean, is nope. I mean, it's fine. I mean, that's not their fault. That's just not the, that's not part of the job really. Um, yeah. Some of those tools like that, that stuff gets complex. Whenever the fire department comes out with stuff or they got to, they got to cut into something or like, it so gets... they have a whole, one of the cool things about Hamatra is they have a whole tactical line. So the fire department doesn't know about it. Um, but they have the tactical line, which, uh, that's what they brought this time. One of them uh, was the door blaster. So what it is is a uh, for law enforcement military, but it goes against the jam. It uh, spreads the jam at the same time it pushes a, uh, a hydraulic rod into the door. And no matter how heavily fortified that door, it, uh, it throws it open because it flexes the door, the door jam and it hits the door at the same time. Then you can press mm. a button to release it to let it fall. Uh, you can stand off. It has a remote control, so you're not in the fatal funnels. Right. So they do have a uh, do have new options like that, which they have their place. Would I have it for my primary door? Probably not. But if you're going for multiple breaches or breach and hold, I think it definitely has its place. Where it's a pretty pretty cool tool. Yeah. No, they had they had a lot of stuff. Where I was like, I don't even know what any of that is. I just kept walking. <laughs> but um. All right. So next on the workshop day repelling another topic i know absolutely nothing about yeah yeah that was uh it was fun uh once again we had a rescue uh rescue element element rescue i'm sorry element rescue come out and uh it's his son if you remember sean from last year yep uh, his, his son's a rope guru so uh, he came out uh with all all their stuff very knowledgeable he's he's a young kid but uh he knows yeah, his he's, shit. yeah he's like 17 or something yeah, just but uh, like he knows all the stuff his dad does. Yeah, well, <laughs> we joke or we joked around with him saying when he came, you know, when he was born, he probably repelled out of his mom. But uh, you know, he, wow, <laughs> he he knew. I mean, this this kid probably played with played with knots as a kid. But uh, yeah, <laughs> super knowledgeable. Um, but yeah, they went back to the tower, uh, Connex, and we had a, uh, you know, one of our one of our ranger friends up there with them, but the. Uh, that that was a cool station. It was uh, I like it. That was part of the workshop. If uh, teams, as you said, were like, "Hey, we don't repel," that's okay. We're gonna have a repel master and a, a rope tech, rescue tech up there with you. They're gonna teach right. you the day before. They're gonna show you everything you need to know, uh, from harnesses to ropes to tying anchors to tying knots, and it just gives you that warm and fuzzy saying before we just send people over the edge, right? Yep. So. Uh, it, it gave them all the tools they needed. Uh, if you have your own gear, cool. We'll check it. We'll see uh, what your harness and rope is. What kind of repel device do you use? Is it an eight or do you have a descend device? And then if you don't have any gear at all, which there's a few teams that didn't, we have gear for you and uh super safe. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of those things too, where every team might not repel, but NTOA standards and combined with, this is what a SWAT team should have. That's why we do it. Yep. Next down the list, mission planning, which was with Paul. Um, I went over some of that. I participated yeah. in that one kind of the most. Um, That's what he did. 
Yeah, and I mean, we. <laughs> it's what's funny is we. Um, at first, we didn't have whatever PowerPoint Paul had. We were kind of um, just going off the cuff with it. Um, and then we got it, we got it hooked up. You know, technology. It's just it's difficult, right? So, I mean, really, anybody that's not a part of it, because um, sometimes if you're just like, if you're just a simple door kicker and just uh, maybe a younger dude on a team, you don't see, um, the mission planning. So that's pretty much just the, the logistics of action is kind of how I think about it. Um, you know, have you had somebody sitting on the house? Do we know people that frequent there that go in and out? Um, who's going to be there at a certain time of the day, um, layout of the house, layout of the land. Um, you know, plans for going in, plans for coming out. Uh, Where's your medical going to be on top of, um, you know, whoever, whoever your doc is like, are you a team that runs with your doc in the stack or does he stay in the back? Um, If you need a little bit more than that, like is EMS going to be staged down the road? Um, Even yeah, simple statement. I mean, everything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just even simple stuff with like once you get your team circling up uh, and everybody checking your shit. Hey, are your batteries freaking good? Have you even checked your flashlight since the last P- op? P- PCCs um, and PCIs. Yeah. Um, which is pre combat checks, pre combat inspections. Right. So it's just all those kind of breakdowns. Um, you know, is everybody going to be a part of the, you know, the complete mission planning from start to finish? No. Um, you know, I know so I, with I just, uh, just a rabbit, a yeah. rabbit hole. There is a, that's, that's one of the things we I don't mean, do well. Is, I mean, it's a rabbit it, hole of a topic to begin with. Yeah. I mean, um, if you look at, if you look at the military, we have combined arm rehearsals, right? Car where everybody who's involved in that op is around this table and you talk about your piece of the pie. That's not, that's something we don't do well in emergency services. No, not at all. Um, and I mean, it, it's awesome. You have, you have your sand table. It has a grid on there. It has the objective, and everybody gets up there and hey, you know, my name's Staff Sergeant Tardo, call sign Alpha Four Six, and you go over your piece of the pie. What you do? How many? How many? You know, how many paratroopers do you have? What what you're capable of? What you're bringing to the fight? How many weapons? You're, you know, everything. And uh, there's no no confusion on what you're doing or what the other person beside you is doing or what are the phase lines, what are the uh, the hit times. That's something we do well in the military. Yeah. Yeah, they just don't break it down that far with um, with law enforcement. All of that, um, you know, you'll have whoever your SRT, TNT, SWAT, ENT, whatever acronym you want to use, command. FML. Uh, yeah, I don't know. FMLA, I don't know. Whatever, <laughs> we're just making shit up. Um, you know, you'll have whoever that commander is. Um, you know, whoever your team leader is, or if you have, however you split up your, your teams, you know, squad, you know, squad one, squad two, whatever. Um, so it's literally, you know, three, uh, three or four of the higher ups within the team. Um, and then depending on, um, what the op, uh, pertains to, like if it's a certain type of warrant, um, if it's something that involves, uh, the personnel with SVU, um, cause we do a lot of, um, ops for snatching up pedophiles to keep it short. Um, 
fuck. Or if it's yeah, or if it's something with narcotics. Yeah, no. Or if it's something with narcotics where um you know, you get one of your narcs and be like, Hey, like we've been in this house maybe like three times over the last month. This is uh kind of what we've been seeing. Um just gather that intel to make sure it goes as smooth yeah. as possible and everybody goes home, right? Yeah. Um well, I mean, even if you take it down to your team dynamics, so look at look at the uh, the hit on Bin Laden, right? When they when they planned that mission, they went over it over and over again. They went around sand tables. They went around the whole team around. And then one of the youngest guys, you know, if you listen to if you listen to their uh, one of their podcasts, one of the youngest guys on the team was like, "Hey, I have, I have a question. What if the helicopter crashes?" And it did happen, right? Yeah. So they took a they took a potentially you know catastrophic incident and turned it into you know a, su- a successful mission yeah. so that, that that's what it takes is you get all your guys around and you go over everything you go over the what ifs you go over you know what's the plan does everybody know the plan and if you ever hear me talk about paratroopers that's why world war ii is so successful with you know operation overlord and uh how when we jumped in everybody down to the down to the private knew what the what the operation was where where every company is operating, where you know where they're dropping, so that everybody needs to know the whole the whole operation, right? The whole concept yep. operation. Yep. Yep. And we're not very good at that, unfortunately. No. Um, just it's part of the game right now. Um, next up, canine integration. Phenomenal. Um, where I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down with. Uh, Mr. Cavanaugh himself and getting a little, little deeper about the dogs. I, um, I, I had a lot of compliments about him, just about his, uh, his teaching, his teaching methodology, just how, how smooth he is. They were like, he, he was a good instructor. They, they enjoyed listening to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, man, if you're in the Midlands, you know, who, uh, who Warren Cavanaugh is. Um, yeah. He's like, I mean, I knew about him before whenever one of those first classes I helped y'all with. I don't care if it was the one with um, when we were out at Casey PD yeah, or yep. at the, at the uh, power with the power or, plant. Yeah. I can't remember which one, but I was like, yeah, I, I know of him. Um, super smart dude. There's not a lot of people, not, not that I've seen where you'll have like a canine on an op. But they're not like a part of it. Right. They're either like uh, most of the time is what we've used, and I've been with them. Uh, kind of my first few ops was like, "Hey, like you're going to be the secondary dude with a rifle with the can- with the canine." Um, yeah. it, you know, because they know at, that I'm going to run after somebody. Like if we get in a chase with the dog, and I know to stay behind the dog, and um, with the exception of one crazy dog we have, um, I'm, I'm okay with the rest of them. There's one that's just, uh, you, know, you get that ass. You might get bit. They might, bite, you know, they might bite a couple people. Whatever. Um, but did do you have any outlines from canine integration? Or I, I have no idea because we don't use canines so, in ours uh, as a, so, like a uh, part d- of a part of a breach or anything like that. So I, I sat through some of it. The uh, unfortunately, I spread or, spread around, but um, yeah, 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 of course. At, you know, super knowledgeable. I know that uh, 
the ideal canine integration is if you're a tier one team or if you have a full-time SWAT team and you have a full nine, a full-time canine integrated because it's one of those things where it's got to be around the team all the time where yeah. it, it's, it's in all the training uh, it's around all the guys. Everybody knows how, how they operate. They know that they, they know the handler. Um, but I mean, he, he broke it down to, you know, coverage for, for while the handler is moving, um, where people should be looking, uh, just how to operate, how to integrate it. And uh, it, it was awesome because we had teams that uh, sometimes used a canine, as you said, during some ops, right? right. But uh, I think uh, a lot of teams got a lot of – I think Anderson sat in for a while. Was it was it Anderson that was the last team in there? I, can't, was there? I, I can't remember. There was a team that was in there for like 30 minutes past that point, the last class. Right. Right, and uh, they're just still asking questions, still soaking up information. But uh, yeah, dude, dude's wealth of knowledge. So uh, yeah, he he is the canine guy, dude. He is. Um, next up, uh, medical. Yep. So uh, you saw that Techline Trauma brought their brought their van and their team from up north. Super all the, cool. All the fancy things. All the things they uh, they had all their props. Uh, they set up in the yard so they can run bleeding props. Uh, a lot of teams, you know, were impressed by the uh, the props that they had and kind of, you know, how it steps through training up. So, hey, we can order this for the department. We can run through in-services with this medical stuff. Uh, we can get everybody else's hands on medical. So, uh, you know, the thing I talk about all the time is that gunshot in a box. I love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we ordered three with my agency. They're just, uh, they're, they're awesome, right? They uh, You can hook a bleeding kit up to it. And it's just convenient and small. It's compact and it's it's simple. But I mean, so you can go something as simple as that to their hundred thousand dollar Tom mannequin that moves right. and talks and squirts blood and has blood pressure. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I'm just impressed with all their uh, all their equipment. It was cool to have them kind of in the yard the day before, so they could kind of answer questions. Um, I think guys enjoyed that too. Well, then I believe we used, and this will just go, we'll just go straight into day two with this because um, there wasn't really too, we didn't really have any drama after day one, right? Uh, no, I mean, the, uh, I mean, it was all workshop stuff. So there wasn't anything to get pissed about yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. You talking uh, about just drama on day one or drama on day two? Uh, day one after that. So, no, smooth, man. Uh, day after that, we had the gathering. Uh, you know, we had Lee's barbecue for di- for dinner. Yep, fucking delicious. Yep. Um, guys sat around the fire, and that's when you know the the cadre went in. We talked about day two and kind of just made made sure we were prepared for uh for that. Yeah, a little bit of planning it wasn't anything too crazy, but so that um so, so the stuff that was used by TechLine, we put a a a fat dummy down at the end of the O course, which um, <laughs> we'll just go. Well, yeah. we'll just go in the order from the uh, kind of the internal list we had. Now, um, uh-huh. during the comp, obviously people are at different. You know, we don't run them all through one at one time and then go like it's it's. Hey, you're over here. You're over here. Over here. Yep. Everybody rotate. Um, so while. Uh, well, I had to run with Greenville, the <laughs> fastest team. 
Um, at the O course, obviously, you know, you got people at the rappel, you got people at the breaching lane, you got best medics. So you're rotating. Some people had certain stages when it was, uh, cooler, uh, I'll say it's more comfortable. And some people, you know, caught the O course during the heat of the day. Uh, that was me. You know, that was luckily, me. luckily, yeah, you're fine. Um, <laughs> you need new shoes, but you're fine. So, um, O course, uh, basically the same is year one. Um, you're kind of starting up towards the top, you're running downhill. Um, you get down to the bottom, down there to the Thunderdome. Um, awesome. and there may or may, and there may or may not be eh, like five to 10 purple, brown, black belts. Um, ready to push your shit in. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So varying, uh, with the BJJ guys, different size guys, um, obviously not. I mean, not all black belts are created equal. Um, it just depends on kind of your style and who you got stuck with. And, um, you know, you had some teams run down there where uh, I think I think that like the uh, like the crazy like in shape older dude for Chester. I can't remember his name, but you know who I'm talking about? Yep. Older gentleman. I think he like came came down here from up north or something um i think he's a he's like a bjj veteran like he is a brown belt like he's been rolling for i mean to get brown would be like over 10 years um the, the dude the dude at the cauliflower ears that, that yeah guy. yeah that that the <laughs> that one, that, looks, that the one that looks like a chimpanzee yeah that one, <laughs> that one. yeah, yeah he, he looks tough yeah he looks yeah, tough. like yeah he just looks like a hard motherfucker <laughs> and he goes down there <laughs> he goes down there and he's like, he's like, hey, who's the uh, who's the toughest one? It's just like it what clay. The, it's like what the fuck? Um, <laughs> I think he either got clay or um, Coates from Spartanburg oh, yeah. County. From and I went to the academy with Coates, and Coates was, I mean, Coates was a beast then, but he was like yeah, skinnier, he, and he was like yeah, more he's impressive. Yeah, he was just more into MMA, and I think now he's bulked up and focused more on bjj and he's a and he, he's a black belt too he's a yeah he's put on black since last year and he's a yeah. fucking monster <laughs> like he was already like he's got like the spider monkey build and yeah. um and they went toe-to-toe i wish i could have seen that but yeah when i heard that i was like yeah that's it sounds great from, Dude, from him, I, him from and clay him and clay are fucking are badasses <sighs> yo um so and then during this, of course, you're wearing all your kit. Like you're, you're leaving your plates in. You got all your shit on. You just take um, off your, you know, take out, you know, leave your weapon, leave your duty belt. But yeah, a, um, I think we went. Well, I think they just took some of their stuff out of their duty belt because um, we wanted them with. Yeah, yeah. Some well, some of them. I told them I was like, hey, look. If you got some nice shit, and I mean, you're going to be down there, you're going to be fighting, you're going to be in the sand and all this shit. Like, if you don't want to mess it up, I get it. Cool. Um, If you do go down there and you leave it on, like, the guys are going to make it, um, they're going to make it realistic. Like, they're going to be going, simulating going for your gun. Yeah. Um, It's not like a straight up, you know, gi, no gi, fucking time in the dirt, right? Um, so you're doing that for three minutes this whole time. We determined we were going to run the clock the whole time, which was different. Um, Work, worked out good worked and out good. E- easier. Yeah. It's just, you just keep track of the time. Um, 
Tell them three minutes is a fucking eternity. Yep. So it's up to them how how long they decide to drag ass um, taking their kit off and then getting their kit back on. Um, Then the same hill that people ran up and down last year while there wasn't enough fighters, everybody had to kit up and they'd treat a fancy, one of these fancy uh, tech line um, dummies down at the bottom. So I'm not sure if every team had the mannequin bleeding, but it's like, hey, this it's very obvious that this uh, this poor bastard's leg is blown off. So you got to put the tourniquet on it. You got to figure out how to get him up the hill. Some people had litters. Some people did not. Um, some people or some teams um, kind of split it up. I know when I was with Greenville, they're like, all right, uh, four people ran over to the dummy. One of those four is obviously the doc. The other four ran or kind of took their time to the top of the hill, um, not trying to waste a lot of energy, and then they switched. So yeah. those four, to include the doc, did the assessment, get the tourniquet on there, get them on the litter, um, get them to the top of the hill, and this hill's gnarly. Um <laughs> Like it's literally at like a 45 degree angle. Like it's stupid. Um, they switched out. Those guys went down to the bottom. Obviously it's easier to run downhill correctly and safely um, with this course. Um, and then they came back up. Um, during runs like this, I mean, overall it's, it's about a 5k. I don't have an exact distance for it. Um, but it's it's about a 5k right yeah yeah so you're gonna you're gonna get some guys um pretty spread out we let that play um we didn't put i mean there was no penalties for it last year but we kind of got in their ass about like staying together as a team and this and that um some of the guys got a little spread out we let that happen this year because the clock is running um so it's not going to stop until your last dude is done and the last objective is done. So that's on you to, um, fucking figure that out. Uh, if you got to carry one of your guys, I mean, that's kind of extreme, but you know, you know what I mean? Um, cause there was one team and I believe he had to do the same thing last year too. Um, I was one of the guys from North Metro, uh, was was having a hard time and he took his fucking vest off and one of the tanks on the team put his vest over yeah. his vest and finished it um even i, I saw through, i saw that again yeah even went again. through the actual like ending o course, o course part um with the vest so this dude's got you know i mean i didn't I mean, who knows? I mean, he probably had 20, 30 pounds on him extra. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're, what they're running, how heavy their plates were, anything like that. But I mean, this dude, I mean, RSRT vests are heavy enough and this dude's rocking two of them for half the race. Uh, that's, that's pretty beast. Um, uh, that, 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 that's, that's the team, you know, what a team is though. If, you know, if you're if one of your guys is sucking, you can pick up his weight. Them. Yeah, that's that's what we saw. Yeah, and that's, that's awesome. yeah, and you can see how to help them and stuff. Um, all that that second half is uh, mostly uphill. 
Um, freaking sucks. Uh, you get to the final end um, where it's like the ab- actual obstacles. Um, doing the zigzag beam again, um, which I think we might take out next year. Yeah. Um, the 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 risk of falling off is just not really worth it. Most of the guys are so gassed at that point that it's becoming a safety issue. Um, after the zigzag, it's just not go, it's not it's not that practical. You know, we talk about practicality. Correct, correct. Um, then you go. What's it's the window? No, it's uh the beam. It's the beam. You got to get over the beam. Um, it looks like a window for us law enforcement guys, but like, so any obstacle you got to get over on this one, it's, it's lined with, uh, I guess it's just like recycled yellow, uh, fire hose. Um, that's where, you know, where where to go when it's marked like that. Um, I think last year they had removed the low crawl. crawl. Um, we'll probably put that back. So remove the beam, just run straight into it, like straight to the back. Um, low crawl, then you go through, it's like, it's the, everybody from South Carolina, when you run the pat and you go through that stupid window at the Academy, it looks just like it. Um, add a little razzle dazzle in there. We had to throw a sandbag in, sandbag back. That was approximately 25, 35 pounds. Um, climb over the wall, walls, mm, say wall. maybe eight feet, maybe not quite, yeah. seven, seven and a half, something like that. Like, um, get over that. It's built with railroad trusses. Get over that. Do a little uh, kind of cargo net obstacle up and down. Then do a little rock, uh, like a rock climbing wall, but horizontal, not vertical. Um, and then we wrapped it up with uh, tire flips. And those those tires were uh, the, the thick boys. They're a beast. Um, yeah. Down and back, I'd say approximately 25 meters. Um, once those tires were back and your last person is back, that's when your time stopped. Um, it was, it was a suck fest. Um, I got stuck with Greenville and up being the fastest time. I want to say it was like 40, 42, 42 minutes. Um, and the time gap for that was significant. Um, so that was one of the examples where in that event time should not be weighed like as heavily um, right. to where there's other um, other stages where I don't know we're, we're going to evaluate after the fact with these stages like how heavy time is Um you know, if you're doing like points per minute, if you're doing it off of total time, um, I don't think it's realistic um, to really just have it straight points in time on the O course because the gap is so significant. Because um, it is one of those, like last year, that was probably the most contested stage. Um, oh, we're never going to run. 5k and kit blah 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 and like we're never gonna have to ruck and do an objective and it definitely i mean that stage definitely has um some military influence absolutely 
Well, in one, and I didn't even think about this last year, and I didn't think about it this year until somebody brought it up. And they were like, well, I mean, during, during a dog track, we do. I mean, that's a in, – in a dog team, a track team, like that's that's usually a special operator. That's a special unit. Um, and it's probably 50-50 or if they're involved with, uh, you know, an SRT entity. Um, maybe not during the track, but that personnel is. Um, you know, and de- I mean, shit, man, you never know. I mean, depending on the track, who knows what it could turn into and evolve into to where SRT would be involved. Um, so that's definitely one where um, we're going to reevaluate how many points time is worth. Um, and I think that's across all the stages where we'll kind of look at that. Um, there's not really anything to penalize you on, on an O course. Um, you know, whatever. I mean, I'll talk about that one the most cause that's the one I ran. That's the stage I ran last year. Yeah. I ran yeah. it this year. Um, that's probably my favorite one just cause it sucks the most. Um, Cause I mean, I think that's how you really test people is with endurance events like that. Even though I'm not the best yeah. endurance guy, but um, it, it just exposes a lot of other things. It exposes camaraderie and teamwork. Um, you know, you see who's got a for- short fuse and does not and how, uh, you know, that affects team dynamics and still getting the mission done. Um, I mean, look, look at it. You know, we, we talk about, is important versus and not important. The uh, you know the military puts a lot of stress on it on physical and muscular endurance, right? You know, can you can you go a long way? Can you do you have the capability? I mean, look at your look at your big ass football players. They can run faster than I can. You know, so I mean, people people on the line that aren't are not going to be running a hundred yard dash, right? right? But it's still the importance of being physically fit, being able to have the endurance to, to push on, especially, you know, being in the military and law enforcement that, right. you know, you, you need that stamina, you need that endurance to push through the mission. Right. Right. Um, you know, nothing can compare to the adrenaline and how your heart's pounding, you know, in a gunfight. Right. So yeah, you, you honestly need that, need that endurance to, to carry you through, to, to be able to, you know, pull a teammate out if you have to stuff like that. Yeah, it definitely trains you for the oh shit and see if you can persevere. Um, I mean, I really think that's why it has fallen so heavy on the military. Um, you know, we, we always joke around about how they just promote people that are jackrabbits and run fast and blah, blah, blah. You know, and just because you run fast doesn't mean you're a good leader. Like, it's like, all right, guys, we got it. Um, you know, because there's people that are better at running. Right. Than they are at shooting. So it's like, all right, do you put all the points in shooting when necess- you might not? I mean, you know, you can you can split the hairs on all this. Um, yeah, of course, I don't really see any. I don't see a lot of changes come down the road. I already talked about eliminating the beams. Um, the distance is still going to be the same um, because fuck y'all. And you're still gonna fight down in the pit. Um, yeah, we'll eliminate. We took everything. The... We took everything subjective out from last year, so we didn't. We didn't want anything that you could, you know. And we we had some people like, well, if a team 
can think outside the box, that's good, but not for yeah. not for competition or challenge. We right. want everything to be, you know, quantitative and black and white on everybody's gonna do the same exact thing. Right. Right. Um so that 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 change for the better for this yeah. year. Yeah. So that'll that'll be about the same. Next we had uh the two man repel. Um yep. I did not help with any of this. Did you see any of the competitors with that? I did. Uh it was good. Uh, we did have some AR comments where they want to see the whole team repel next year or maybe a scenario to where they repel out of a window. Yeah, yeah, that's all the notes I got for that one too. So I didn't really know. Um, I mean, I could see it. And I could definitely see it as like part of a um, – being a part of a culminating event. Which that um, I, I dig that idea. Which one was big, also one which big was event. also brought up. Yes. Um, oh, I'm yeah. for it. They're, they're gonna have they're gonna have an op next year where they uh, yeah. where they plan plan for the hit, and they uh, do it from start to finish. They got to do, they have a segment for mission planning. Uh, they gotta they gotta arrive there. They gotta breach the door. They gotta. Uh, clear so they have every everything that we do where they can uh i mean we're not we're not going to make them repel but it can be an option right where if they want to repel it, it's their choice and they do their mission planning uh do they want you know how are they going to breach and clear they throw in a flashbang are their cqb skills up you know if they take a casualty on the x are they gonna you know how are they gonna throw in their medical so you know that'd be awesome to see one big culminating event yeah that would be yeah, there'd be a lot of planning that would have to go into it on our end with how we would want we would want that made um, and how it would fit um, fit into the schedule um, or what you would take out and um, I mean we're still going to go down the rest of the list, but I I do think that um, now some of the ranges those always change uh, that that we seem to always go into the midnight oil with some of that. Um, and that's just a logistics thing, uh, just logistics and people being idea fairies at the last minute. Um, I think this year was, this year was for the best. That's all. Yeah. 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 On all this stuff, it all, it all fit good. All the stages fit good. You're done by dinner time. People have downtime. Um, I, I love the Connex range. That was the uh, the known distance, the KD range. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's go down to Breacher Lane. Breacher Lane. That, that That's me. So just go door by door for us. So uh, I, I stayed there most of the time, or the whole time. I'm sorry. I stayed there the whole time running that lane. I did have some help uh, come. No, I made, you, I made you run the O course at the end. I, and hey, I, I'm glad I did. Oh, and that's one of the uh, we had a no event that time, so it worked out perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, the breacher land was awesome. The uh, we we call it breachers alley, but we have a variety of doors and uh, obstacles that they have to defeat. The first one being the gate with the chain. Uh, it's a heavy gauge chain where they can't cut the chain, so they have to cut the lock. Uh, that's going over just the basics of a breacher, your bolt cutters. You know, do you have a long handle? And we talked about that on the workshop is, you know, your your bolt cutters. Is a long handle where you're using mechanical advantage to yep. where you're not struggling to cut a small lock? Uh, once you defeat the uh, the gate, 
there's a uh, inward swinging door and most of you know defeat out the ram we have that new door from uh forceful entry incorporated but that door's a bitch we did uh two dowels a uh, hardwood so it's oak but uh it's designed to be a bitch, and it was. It gave a, a lot of teams a run for their money. Oh, yeah, there's some people banging on that door. And and I get it, The uh, you know, and I tell them in the beginning, I'm like, hey, in a normal op, you know, you'd try three times, that door would be compromised. You'd go to your uh, your alternate point or your Bravo point. But uh, for this competition or challenge, we're going to have a hard door where you have to stick to it. But you'll yep. get it. You just have to work in it. No, start working it. And, you know, we don't, we don't want to develop training scars, but we do want to see a team, you know, work, work for it. You know, if I put one dowel rod in, you, a good breacher can get it in two to three, two to three hits, which is ideal. But, uh, I, man, those two, two dowel rods whoop some ass. Um, yeah, it sucks. But we saw, we saw teams, <laughs> uh, guys change out. So it was good. Uh, after that, they had the, uh, in the inward swinging door, which is, a. Uh, Another good one that was the East Coast Solutions door. Uh, we had a door for the rebar for the saw, so mm-hmm. a little bit of saw work. Yep. And then we had the ballistic door. They got a defeat with a shotgun. So what's some stuff you might change about it next year? Man, to be honest, uh, I, I like I like the setup. I like the breacher's alley. I like how everything. Uh, you know, I always get a lot of props for the. Uh, the breacher door that I made for the ballistic breaching. It's uh, yep. just came up with it and cut out a piece out of the door and interchangeable parts where after every round you switch out the, uh, the two by four, and the two by six built into the door and the jam. So you're constantly uh, breaching a real door. The, uh, the upgrade on the new door this year was amazing. Yeah. You know, I like forceful entries product. I like having uh Hamatra there bringing the East coast solution door. So I, I was happy how this lane went, and I think uh, I'm not really sure anything really. I think needs the only thing we talked about was uh, I don't remember which door it was, but you're like, hey, we need to anchor this door next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, so there's the one that, where they started slamming the on it, and it was going, yep. it was like sliding a little bit. So digging in a rebar on the ground, so uh, to anchor it down, anchor yeah. it in. Yeah, that's just a little yeah. little piece. No, that's a good one. Not that's changing a good one. it. Yeah. Uh best medic. This was it's controversial, right? Yeah. The so, most contested yeah. um stage. Just because it's it to grade medical is very subjective, right? Yeah, um, it's it's tough. We are going from time based to point based next year. So one of the mistakes was made that hey, it's all part of the time and you know, you could you could beat the system by rushing through it and missing critical things on a uh, on patient care, right? Yes. So, well, and that's a and that's a common. That's huge, right? Well, and that's been a common uh, critique for uh, for year. a lot of for a lot of stages. Yeah. Um, so that's why we're going to take a deeper look at um, analyzing and weighing time. Yeah, so next year um, definitely because I don't because you don't obviously you shouldn't have all the time in the world. Like it's almost like some of these. I can't remember if I brought this up in a, a smaller setting or a larger setting during the you know some of the ARs we did on you know on scene during the event, but um, it 
pertaining to time, the time maybe needs to be uh, more of like a pass and fail segment of like whatever the grading scale is. It's like, hey, you've got five minutes to do whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, if you do bust your time, then, well, then obviously we would kind of determine whatever the penalty would be. Um, I mean, you don't want to, if they don't meet their time hack, I mean, obviously you don't want right. to, you don't want to, um, you know, completely smoke a team and be like, oh, you failed and you don't get any of the points for that. I mean, that would be, I mean, you, you bust your time hack on one thing and it just completely takes you out of the competition. Like, yeah, I think that's, yeah. um, a Too bit much. much. It's a bit much. Um, I think time maybe. is important, though. I mean, you look at violence of action, yeah. right? You know yeah. the the, yeah. the speed, the speed, and the surprise, and your aggression that you bring to a fight, and yeah, why, sure. why it's so important. But oh yeah, don't don't go so on the don't go so heavy on time where you're blowing past. If it's medical, you're blowing past medical interventions, and you're yeah, not you're like patient, you're right? make, yeah, you're making tactical mistakes. By on going on CQB, you're you're not you're not digging your corners, and you're you know just right. simple shit that's right. not getting done. Right. Well, and that was another one. Um, that was another one with the next stage with with CQB was um, the penalties need to be. More severe, yeah. They need to be more severe to actually like punish you, and yeah, to where it's yeah. actually gonna, uh, it's gonna affect you if you don't go all the way to the into those corners or if you got a bad shoot or something. Um, we we talk about accountability and you're accountable for every one of your bullets, right? You know, right. it should be a right. Yeah, yeah. And the CQB one was was pretty simple. I mean, it was in a um, kind of constructed. CQB with like the fake walls and you had some doors and you had the targets here and there. Um, I think for that stage, we're, we're going to go back to medic. We, we skimmed over medic too quick. I want to go back to that, but um, CQB will kind of sharpen that. I think it could have been better. Like I liked uh, kind of the rudimentary setup we had, but same thing, but better. Yeah. Um, if anybody that was there knows what I'm talking about. Um, I think what was, let's look at the notes here. Harsher penalties. Um, using a drone, which I thought was a yeah. cool idea. Um, I can't remember who threw that out there. If, if you're listening like that, that's a fucking great idea. Um, so we can use the drone. Um, kind of like as a like as, as a review, like they do like in football, and they like review a play or whatever, um, you know, because people in the moment would be like, "No, man, I didn't do that. I, you know, I went into this corner and." But you, you can know, see, we, hey, you you over penetrated. You whatever, uh, whatever type yeah. of tactical mistake, yeah. we can we can uh, show that with the drone, uh, talk about it, and then you'd be like, "All right." cool i'll work on that next time and, and there's a lot of them where a, a lot of these stages you do whatever your timed run is and then you can go back through and practice be like hey cool like you we you've already had your uh you know your segment we're going to score you let's go back and practice these things um there's some I, stages, I, lo I love that aspect yeah it's definitely different um it's definitely different and it definitely complements like you've got the workshop day, then you've got 
okay, we're doing this for real. We're doing it for points um, in terms of the competition um, with penalties, times, all that, unknown scenarios. And then we can even review it on the stage. And then you get to practice again or practice it a different way or do it backwards. Um, you know, if it's, if it's a stage where you come in a different side of the building, you top to bottom or bottom to top. Um, it's, it's pretty, pretty freaking good. Um, back to best medic. So people have a better idea that weren't there, um, of what it was, um, and how it was scored and what the medics had to do. Yeah, so uh, it was called Doc's Proving Grounds, which uh, one, one of Corey's uh, sadistic plans, right? Of, co- of course, of course. But uh, it was cool. It was uh, that whole uh, sensory overload where you, where you go in there, it's got loud music. It's got a... Uh, yep, simulating a party. Yep, simulating party. It's got a loud music, uh, low light, um, strobe lights even. So there's a yep. lot going on. Um, you take something as simple as communication where it's hard to communicate because of loud music or, you know, even a fire alarm going off, just everything. And when it's hard to communicate, it makes everything, everything more difficult. So, uh, it's, it's cool to throw that in and see. And then you have the teams that had a uh, comm systems over, over, you know, they saw the benefit of that. Uh, Spartanburg, for example, they just got these new comm systems where they had their headsets and they were able to talk because of that and they were like bro we just got these and they they were awesome you there yep what was some of the um yeah i was thinking kind of the next part so you go in there you kind of treat the victim kind of secure the scene you get them out and they put it on like an upper deck of a conax um brought them down what else was getting kind of analyzed once they got them out of the building and on the ground? So just your, your treatment, right? So uh, on the mannequins, it tells you uh, bleeding, how much blood they've lost, uh, life-threatening wounds. So are you putting on a tourniquet to stop the bleed? Are you uh, wound packing if that's one of them? So, uh, you know, they talked about a couple where, you know, wound, if a wound was missed, uh, just in general, if the tourniquet wasn't tight enough, are they bleeding out? And that's all stuff that's just basic medical stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So just uh, just being sufficient or not sufficient, uh, prof- sorry, proficient on uh on right. your medical stuff and and uh, being able to do your medical interventions correctly. So I mean those those mannequins will tell you if they're dead or alive, right? So I mean it's it's pretty simple in that in that aspect. Yeah. And then that stage and why I really wanted to hammer that stage, because I think that was the most, um, the biggest point of contention at the end of end of the day. And then what we went over, um, that night, I mean, we had, um, we had AARs every day, um, with the boys and then with the cadre also, um, which some people are under that, some people aren't. I don't know. Whatever. Certain days I like it, certain days I don't. <laughs> but it's just you did not like it on day two. Eh, I mean, it didn't have anything to do with me, so I was good with it. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't my lane. <clears throat> um, 
going into day three or right before day three. Um, it's one of those things this happened last year too, where it's like, it's like, uh, like what time do we really want to get out of here? Do you want to make sure you give the teams, um, like a good experience? Um, and you have like enough stages. Um, it's just one of those things where you kind of, you kind of overthink day two, day two. And by day two, I mean, day two of the competition, day three overall, um, it's the it's the live fire day. Um, it's like you want you want to deliver on that day because it's like oh we're shooting guns today. Like I think that one that went smooth. We're gonna be running and gunning. Yeah, the night before it, it was we were kind of hey do we want to add a stage? Do we want to change this? Whatever. Um, and for a competition that is a bad idea. Um, yeah. You got to make sure you, with those type of logistics, how much ammo did everybody bring? Um, do we even know that these teams brought the right amount? Um, do we have the right targetry? Are all the ranges spread out to where they can all be running at the same time? Or are you going to have one lane that's waiting on another lane to go hot before, you know, to go cold before you can go hot on the other one? Um, stuff like that you got to think about. Um, but, once we corralled everybody's uh, idea fairies back in and put them back in the jar, uh, what we finally ended up doing worked out great. I mean, we had zero complaints for live fire for all of the stages. It was, smooth. It was very smooth. Yeah. The, the time, the time blocks were perfect. The, the ranges were perfect. Right. Uh, it, went, it went good. I mean, we had one, let's see, we had one hiccup. We didn't notice at the end with Spartanburg. Or like we put them down for double time on something, um, where there was just, just two another team, two teams that were flip flopped. Yeah, they were like yeah, they were just flip flopped. Like one had a rest or was supposed to be looking at vendors, and one was supposed to be at another range or um, simple fix. Once we looked at it and figured out what the problem was, um, so range one, if I recall, was Corey's lane. And we kind of yeah. went anybody that's been out there. We kind of went um, counterclockwise. Um, Right? One, two. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, range one, Corey. Uh, I helped set it up. I help, uh, I help set it up by driving around the, the sawmill in, a, in its whole capacity about 10 times to find four targets. Um, but that's the, that's the Corey Uten way. And I love them. <laughs> and I love them for it. But uh, it was a pain in the ass. But we got to set up right. Um, he really likes um, nine hole. He really likes yeah. small steel targets, um, yeah. and that's exactly what he put on his lane, man. Um, I, I did not. I was helping with Paul's lane the whole time, so so you got eyes on that that one. Like, yeah, the so, sequence of fire for people. So you go in, you uh, <laughs> hand hand mags. He loads your ammo. You do a uh, disassemble your M4, and then you go to the pistol portion. Uh, You shoot regular, then you shoot uh, left arm, five shots left arm, five shots right arm, um, single arm shots. Uh, There there was a malfunction. What was the distance for those pistol shots? Shit. Uh, I don't know. uh, I want to say it was probably 10 meters. Wherever your setup setup barrels were, 
Um, so pretty much you had closest to you had um, your barrels where and, and by barrels, I mean, there was like the like the big pickle barrels, like the big blue and black barrels. Um, and you kind of use those as tables to disassemble your um, your rifle. Um, then you had steel targets closer to you. Um, I want to say they were 10 meters. I cannot recall how large the plates were, if they were like a six or a 12 inch diameter. Yeah. Um, he did, uh, I don't, his course of fire in front of me, but yeah, I, know he, uh, I don't remember. He did put a dummy round randomly in their pistol and rifle round. So they had yep. to conduct a cleaning, a clearing drill. So yep. sports, uh, I think that was cool, but yeah, it's just one I enjoy, you know, how, how effective are you at putting your weapon back together at, uh, firing from your non-dominant arm, yep. Uh, from just performing something as easy as sports. Yeah, it was it was probably pretty similar to. Um, that one was probably the most similar to. I mean, any type of qualifying you would do within security or law yeah. enforcement for I mean, just we do pi- it in the military for just pistol course of fire that like the yeah. basic. Um, qualification for the um for the m9 back in the day uh i mean not too far back in the day but i mean i did it but uh yeah yeah, so um just a little bit more movement um and then you transferred to your rifle at the end um pretty pretty basic stuff but it it tests you and nine hole boards mess people up and for people that don't know what a nine hole board is if you ever gone to the range and you see the little stand-up wood cutout that looks like a little staircase with all these different shapes in it and shit, like cut out, that's the nine-hole board. Well, a little um, VTAC board. Okay, VTAC board. I call it the nine-hole. Yeah. Uh, I actually don't even know where I got that, but there is nine holes on it, so it kind of makes fucking sense because not everybody knows what VTAC is. So right. whenever you're using um, you know, your long gun or your pistol, um, it makes you – change angles and positions and makes you get on the ground to shoot through the hole to a target um and then of course shooting on steel is always fun um anybody that hasn't done this that listens to this podcast like we'll we'll help you out man because it's it's way more satisfying than just shooting paper yeah um so that was range one going counterclockwise um, so this would be moving anybody that knows the layout. We're moving around to the other side of the lodge, um, which was right next to me. Um, and that was uh, Brewer and Pope running that. Yep. So that one was a little bit more. That's a shorter range. Um, one we we're on. So um, they're numbered different than what we, we call them for the comp. Um, but it is on the just the opposite side of where we were. Like if you first drive in and then you drive to the right of the lodge, it is the, one of these shorter ranges on the right side. If you're coming, you know, in the driveway from the main road over there to the facility. Um, all I remember is he, you had to wear a gas mask. Yeah. So sucks. I love it. It changes your uh, sight picture and, uh, Oh yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's awesome. It's different. The, uh, shoot. It's completely different shooting. Yeah. So the course of fire for that was uh, sprint the entirety of the range, full kit, uh, sprint back to the 15 meter mark. Uh, you started right to left. Uh, you, I think you'd uh, you'd move 
fire three rounds into each target center mass, uh, and then just go across. But I, it was awesome though. What kind of targets was he using? Uh, I think, I think he had a. I think his was a mix of. Uh, it was it was paper and steel because he did have the T box. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I know he had paper. Yeah, but uh, when he had, yeah. um, did he have crate targets? Crate tactical targets sponsored by no, the way. So I, sponsored. I think uh, <laughs> if they were, they were the uh, cardboard cutouts because he. I remember him grading every uh, every cardboard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so running the range, going right to left in a gas mask. The gas mask will always be thrown in, by the way. Oh, yeah, always. That, always. That's one of the things that will always be thrown in. There will be something on range day. You're going to be in a fucking gas sucking. And you're, you're going to have a sandbag. Absolutely sucking. Yeah. Um, moving over to range three, which I helped Paul with. Um, yeah, the chaos Dickens drill, Super um, cool. mix of old school and new school. The chaos is kind of simple or is similar to El Presidente. Um, but of course be Paul being Paul is going to throw some, uh, throw some games in there for you. Um, I already explained it in the last one. I'll explain it in this one too. Um, so you had one of the, one of the fancy training sandbags, you know, one of the Gucci ones, you can get them in like tan and red and blue and shit. And it's got the handles on it. Um, approximately 50 pounds, um, doing the, I forgot what he called them. Uh, like toe to head or something like that. Um, pretty much you're doing like, you're, you're simulating like cleans with it, like, but instead of a bar, it's with, with the sandbag. So you're picking it up from the ground, squatting it was up. It a, what, was it clean and press? Yeah, kind of, but like all in one fluid motion. Yeah. So as long as it went from the ground to the top of your head, and some people figured that out better than others. And I'm going to, I'm going to hit on that at the end of with something we could add to the, the workshop day. Um, but it was definitely one of those things where, uh, if you got your legs wider, you wouldn't have to go as far up and down where people that were standing upright were having to go the full length of their body, which saves you time when during this course of fire, you do that 20 times. So if that takes you an extra second, for each single one, you could save yourself 20. I'm, you know, I'm kind of speculating here with time, but like it can save you some time. Um, and I'll, and I'll be damned if you don't do something the most efficient way. And then you end up losing the competition by 20 seconds. That would suck. Um, so you do those a little clean and press with the sandbag 10 times. Um, and you do that from, how many meters back were we? That's all the way in the back. So it's like it's yeah. like fifty it's like fifty yards. Run up to the target. It was, uh, and, by, and then yeah. you have five targets. You're running up to the you're squared up with the center one and you're what, ten yards away? Um So I know the chaos know. one, you you perform uh 
Oh, he called them a uh, grounds to overhead is what he called them. Grounds to overhead. That's, yeah. I've never used that yeah. terminology. That's why I can't And then uh, the shooter will run 25 meters, perform the chaos drill. There we go. Yeah, he engages the target um, once again, one round in each. One, two, one, three, one, four, one, five, one, four, one, so three. So we one, did two. it right. So we did it with two rounds per target. Yeah. Um, the targets in front of you were like paper silhouette targets. Um, one through five, left to right, and I kind of compared it to um, like doing suicides, like yeah. in basketball yep. or football, where it's like, you know, you're at the ten yard line, run to the twenty, come back to the ten, run to the thirty, come back to the ten, run to the forty, but you're shooting, so two shots in number one, two shots in yep. number two, two shots back in number one two shots in number three, two shots back to number one, and so on. So you worked your way up, and then you worked your way down. Um, then you did you'll, the way the ammo count was, you're going to run Winchester, so your your long gun will be empty, so you're safe. Um, then you do ten more ground to overheads, as uh, Mr. SF calls it, and you run over to the and it's kind of off to the right, but you run a little bit back into the right to the beginning of the Dickens drill. Um, and that is 40 yards, meters, whatever. I kind of interchange them with some of these shorter distances because it doesn't really matter that, was, that much. Yeah. Oh, um, the Dickens is off. Oh, you run 25, 25 meters again, but the uh, – Yeah, the I think Dickens it's another 20 – Yeah, it's like another 25 back. Because yeah, you got to run back to the 40. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you're running over there, dump the bag, and then 10 pistol shots on a steel silhouette-sized target um, to simulate that young kid Dickens that shot that dude in the mall. I can't remember exactly where that was. Um, that, that, that kid was a baller. Yeah. And it was uh, Eli Dickens who uh, – God, what where was it again? I think it was uh, Indiana, right? Indiana Mall. I don't remember, and I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, so. but yeah, it's it, it was a. If you're a gun guy, you're in this in this world. That's it was, it was within our, uh, you know, our world or sphere. So, um, yeah, yeah. Greenwood uh, Park Mall. So, uh, Greenwood Park Mall shooting. Elijah Dickens, 22 year old kid. Uh, shot, you know, that guy at 40 meters. So, once again, like awesome. all, all 10 on the body. Yep. Like and was, follow, yeah, followed him down. Yeah. Impressive. <laughs> Impressive. Um, range four. Next. Super cool. Uh, I, that was the, uh, the KD was, range. This was the Connexes. Yep. Okay. Super cool, super cool I range. So I didn't get to see any of this. So go ahead. So it was a little bit confusing uh, at first, but they gave uh, they gave the team leader or the commander a piece of paper, and it had a lot of information on it. Uh, what we were telling people is a lot of it was the team leader's ability to decipher a lot of information and give his team what they needed because they don't give a shit. They just want to know <laughs> who to uh, shoot. You know. Yeah. yeah, who who am I shooting? Shoot. How far? Yeah, what to shoot? So uh, they broke that down, and it was 
running on each floor, floor putting like two shots out the window uh, simultaneously. And then they meet up at the top where the team leader's calling out the shots. Um, either way, super cool drill. I liked how uh, they had to decipher information. They had to um, break it down to their team. And just seeing the maneuver part of that range was awesome. And I think everybody enjoyed it. What uh, kind of information were they giving them that they had to break down? Wish I had that sheet. Uh, so it was a whole print, a printed out sheet of just the course of fire and kind of how, how how to do it. But I mean, as I said, it was so from of- probably probably from each floor, they had to have a shirt a certain uh, shot sequence. Yes. Um, like from left to right, closest to furthest away, whatever. Yeah, and the uh, the two teams that were tied had to do a tiebreaker, and the shot distance between the winning team was like an inch. So I mean, it was a uh, damn. It was down, yeah, down. That to sounds the like a fun one. I wish I could have seen that. Super fun. Um, yeah, just well, well thought out. You know, not a surprise. You know, the guys running it, Ranger dudes. So uh, it's cool, man. It was a. Uh, I enjoyed it. A lot of thinking and shooting. So during all of that, the sniper portion was going on further in the back of the property. If anybody that's uh, familiar with it out there, um, they got done. When did they get done? They weren't out there the whole time, but their their time was longer than just one of the regular run and gun ranges we were on. Yeah, and I, I was uh, I was spotting for that range, so. Super cool. Uh, once again, I just I love the sniper range. Last year, our boy Clay was out there, who you know we, we yep. deployed with in 2012. Uh, awesome dude. But this he was in selection, so he couldn't be here. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. darn, he was a selection. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, gotta give that boy some shout outs. Hey, you'll get after it. Um, but the guy there this year was awesome too. Jason Land. Uh, you know he's with 175 Ranger Regiment. Uh, Ranger Battalion, um, super cool dude, very knowledgeable with night force optics, uh, and he he ran a good range. He uh, he knows his shit. So another really good sniper we had. Um, they had a course of fire. They had a they could verify their shots in the beginning. I think with three shots, and then they went into the challenge portion where. They had to acquire their target. They had 45 seconds, and then that was uh, acquire your target, get the distance, and make the shot. If they missed the shot, they had a second shot in 15 seconds, and uh, it was was cool. It was a good good course of fire. Um, As I said, those boys from uh, Georgia Department of Corrections aced it. Uh, Greenville was second in the shoot there, but I enjoyed that lane. I always enjoy the, uh, the sniper lane. What kind of distances were we looking at? Uh, from, I think, 100 to 650. 650. So, <laughs> I think uh, a lot of people bitched about the distance. Um, so, and then, hey, man, I'll tell you, if you're, if you're a sniper on a team and you're bitching about, oh, we never take anything less than or more than 80, 80 meters, you're – you're not a sniper. You're a designated marksman. We we've said that before. We've had to I hit agree. 300 with iron sights. I agree. Yeah. Um, with an M4. Yeah, and it's what's funny is some of the uh, some of the pushback from that 
or some of some of it has been from military guys. Some of it has been from Marines, Marines that had to qualify with iron sights with M16s from Vietnam at 500 meters. Yeah, it's crazy. The, and uh... now they're complaining about, you know, with whatever sniper setup they have, air quotes for sniper. Um, and then they're complaining about shooting over a hundred. It's like, it's like, what? Like, like, bro, the distances you're bitching about, like my stepdad smoking deer at like 250 and he's, he was never in the military, law enforcement, nothing. That's just a Southern man hunting. <laughs> like, yeah. and we're bitching about distances like this. I mean, I know when, and I actually shot my, and I told people there, I was like, getting these distances is not hard. Like getting the, getting the reeds and the, and the wind and knowing your weapon and be able to do all that quickly. And some of that math that it involves that, that part of it is complicated, but me being a, like a basic shooter, you know, I was in the Marine Corps and I've like shot on my own, but I've never done anything fancy. And I got put on a weapon system out there uh, several years back and I was walked on to a thousand yards, thousand meters, whatever. Um, like within three shots. Yeah. And, and I, and I'm not a highly skilled long distance, you know, rifle shooter or whatever we want to call it. Um, so uh, to I, make I, a I, point last year, to make a point last year, you know, Clay put me on, put me on his weapon and, I hit 650 one shot with him putting me on just just from being in the glass, right? Yeah. You know, it was like, hey, make these clicks, hold top left, fire, and hey, ping steel. So, yeah, a lot of it's just knowing your weapon system, know its Correct. capabilities, know how to make your yes. corrections. Yes. Uh, an interesting piece is, you know, it's not that it's not, it's not that crazy, but law enforcement uses mil, uh, MOA minute of angle when uh, mm-hmm. military uses mills. Right. Um, and the, so I'm, I'm so into it where I'm not, a, I'm not a sniper, but I went ahead and got a, uh, got myself a rifle after that for, uh, for that, for sni- uh, yeah. sniper competitions. But, uh, yeah. no, go, go, go ahead and get a, get a, get a mill scope. I mean, yeah. for me, no, it's, mill it's is fun. easy. Yeah. All right. So that was, all of the competition. Um, I don't think anybody had any gripes after any of the live fire stuff. No. I mean, even the even the people that didn't do hot on the sniper portion liked the sniper portion. They did. Um, and like we said, ultimately Greenville won again. Uh, Georgia, D.C. Um, came in and fucking surprised the hell out of everybody. Um and Anderson County came in third, and I think the only and the only reason they came in third was uh, that I don't think they had been out there. Um, I don't know of any of them that had been out there. I could be wrong, um, but they definitely had not been out there in a for you know in a competition setting where they knew kind of how we're going to be testing them. Yeah, you know, that, on that, the that way the first year, yeah, yeah. So if they if they came back. 
and fucking pull Okie Doke on Greenville next year, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll, I'll put a little so, bit of money on that. Every team said they'd be back next year. Uh, you know, they they all they all like it. They enjoy it. And I think uh, that, that says a lot. Yeah. No, it does. It freaking does. Um, you want to go down our little – I shotgunned like a whole like after-action list of overall changes. I don't know how deep you looked at it or or kind of stuff you want to piggyback on. Um, but it, before I shotgun down this list, was there anything different that wasn't on here that you want anything big that you wanted to hit on to how we're going to make this thing better next year? That's kind of what this next segment's going to be about. No, you, you have you have you know a lot of awesome points. The biggest thing is uh. You know, us change our grading criteria for the uh, points versus time for medical and CQB. Um, getting more teams part of it, which a lot of it is, hey, putting the pressure on them tactfully. But other teams, you know, and what we told them, you know, hey, get on these, get on these other teams. You know, it's up to you guys to spread the word and to make this grow. The, uh, I, you know, I'm excited to see more teams part of it and. uh I think they're. I think next year will be will be bigger and better yet again. All right, going down. This is just my list that I made on my own. Some of this is stuff that was talked about before. Some of this is, uh, you know, shower thoughts, um, stuff I thought about myself. Uh, number one, this isn't number one in order of just. Um, this is not an order of importance. This was just kind of. While I was sitting here on my workout high the other day, um, more sponsors, uh, yeah, more sponsors and more money sooner. Um, yes. definitely you, and it was really just you, um, securing sponsors, um, and secured some of them kind of late, like uncomfortably late. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's going to happen. Um, it's hard when it's just one dude working that angle. Um, and also it's, it's, it's only the second year of the competition. There's not, uh, not a lot of name recognition. Um, I think at this point there is, um, people know who Valkyrie is. People know who the sawmill is. People have heard of the competition. People have seen Greenville with that trophy. Um, I mean, People know who CTG is. I mean, there was people that um, they're like, "Oh, I thought I recognized your voice." Or yeah. there was people. There was people from Anderson County. They're like, "Oh yeah, man, I listened to this episode and that episode, whatever." I had no idea anybody in Anderson County listened to the podcast. No, the no word fuck, is that. No fucking idea. Everybody's on fucking notice. So, and I've had, dude, I've had, I've had people that I never would have thought be like, "Yeah, man, I listened to your podcast." And I was like, "Shit." Yeah. So we're just like, we're getting out like, there. What? Yeah. yeah. Um, which I think the, the sponsors and money, um, I know people kind of, they kind of cringe sometimes. We're like, we need more money, blah, blah, blah. And, um, but for competitions, money makes it easier. But not thing just I'll, that, the, the, the fact that we're keeping the, the cost so low for the team. Yes. $500 for yeah. eight man team. <laughs> three days. Three days is Bananas. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah. Is, that's bananas. Um, if you look at an average class, it's three hundred and fifty dollars per person for two days. 
So yeah, I mean, eight hundred dollars is nothing for eight dudes. And then you attach some, you know, uh, Insta famous SF guy, and just fucking tack on another zoo. Like you know, tack on extra yeah. hundred, whatever. Oh yeah. Um, and the, but the meals, the meals alone, as I told you, they're like almost, yes. you know, five to six thousand so, dollars in meals. Right. So for for the response for people that kind of cringe, it's like, oh, they just need more money and this and that, blah blah. Um, that money slash sponsorships goes towards making everything smoother. Yes. And it takes away any expenses any department is worried about. Yeah. You're not having to pay for food. You're not having to pay for lodging. Um, if we get the right kind of sponsors, you don't have to pay for additional ammo or to take away from your ammo stocks at your department. Um, and that's like if we got an ammo sponsor, and that's if the teams wanted to use that ammo. Man, there's some people that, um, you know, they have, especially for the long distance stuff, they've got their own, uh, you know, grain shit that they want to use. And I get that. Um, the lot, the lodging was extra, but yes, the uh, right, and, right and, this yeah. time. But if we can get yeah. the right sponsors, it's like, hey, yeah, absolutely. If you give us a three thousand dollars, I mean, I don't know how much. How was the? How much was the housing total? To cover all forty-eight rooms. Ah oh, shit! Uh, Ballpark it three, two. Yeah, you know, I I, I don't want to put a hard price because they work with us more than they than they right. have to. Okay. Well, so, yeah. with with certain sponsor packages, there's a sponsor yeah. package that's let's just say, and it's different from competition to competition, and they always grade them. It's like ah, oh, gold, silver, platinum, diamond, yeah. double, whatever the fuck. Say one of those packages is $3,000 that sponsorship. So all these different sponsorships, if it's monet, if it's, if it's straight money, right. Covers these things. And the sawmill, you know, costs a lot. They, they work with us to make it happen because no, nobody made anything off of this, off this challenge, but no, they, they work with us to make it happen. And uh, I can't thank sawmill enough. Yeah. And, And that's because they know it's, law enforcement we're not coming in with like like a bunch of wild had, dicks well well <laughs> well yeah not wild dicks. Anyway. but we're also not coming in there like because they have uh other other people that come to that facility that have like all over like like big fed money like yep. and they just be like yo we're paying you know 10 grand for the weekend or like it's like um but for law enforcement that's that's not um, that's not possible. Um, policing is not a money-making thing. First response as a whole is not a money-making thing. Um, it's just, you know, whatever County council gives you that year and, you know, you doing fundraising or working through the FOP and, um, it's not a big money-making business, but if you get the sponsorships, um, and you get some stuff paid for, it makes everything smoother. You can, um, you know, pay range safety officers. You can pay cadre. Um, you don't have to rely on volunteers because, I mean, you know, volunteers aren't really going to. If, if, you, all if the time. you tell somebody, 
it's like, hey, man, volunteer for this event. Like, it's really cool. Like, we'll give you a T-shirt. Like, we'll give you lunch or whatever. Or if you'd be like, hey, bro, we got this comp. It's three days. Uh, you come out, I'll give you $300. You're going to have a couple more people if you offer them $300, right? Like, common sense. Um, like I said, that just – it can make everything – yeah, the expendables smoother. for the expendables for props for you know the the breaching lane. Uh, yes, um, another big sponsor thing I've seen in the past is like for targets. Um, yeah. If a if a target sponsor, it's like, hey, I want to be a you know whatever level sponsor. Um, it works out. So sponsorships don't necessarily have to be straight money. It can be whatever that package is, say it's a $500 package and they provide $500 worth of targets. That's a, that's how they're going to use their sponsor. That's how we're, that's how they're going to sponsor the event is $500 worth of targetry. And that gets them whatever package. Um, I don't know. Some people just don't think about that when it gets into the nitty gritty of, of money and getting the things and sponsoring certain things and, um, and some companies want, um, they want to know where their money's going. Um, yep, so absolutely. if you tell them, you know, hey, this is a this is a five hundred dollars sponsorship for all of the uh, range safety officers to, um, you know, cover their, you know, the red shirts that everybody likes for them to wear. Um, their lunch and it gives them some type of fucking swag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's, that's a on our end type thing. Um, next I have, and, and this was kind of my idea with the days that I had taken off um, to help was to um, walk, walk and test the lanes or test fire the lanes prior to the event. Um, make sure you have a hundred percent of the equipment. Yeah. Um and add possible time restraints after you do like a test run where it's like you're not setting unrealistic goals for the competitors. Um, now, there are some stages where uh, you, you don't want everything set up because you don't want the teams to kind of have a heads up and like already see the lane and know what's up. Some of these you want it to be a surprise where they don't have a heads up. Um, but at least having that equipment on site where you're not running around with Corey and, uh, using all the gas in the gator to find four targets. Cause that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's not efficient. Um, that's time wasted that you could have been doing something else. Um, having just check-in ready, um, have the one table, uh, we did that kind of kind of quickly on scene when we got there that morning. Um, I think it would be good to have along with the team. You had like the team bag with like the booklet, which was awesome this yeah. year. That's really good for the team leaders. Um, everybody gets their, uh, you know, the comp shirt on the front end of this thing. <clears throat> and I think with that, once you have the, um, the sponsors, is to have like a swag bag, like for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, just do a big ass fucking tactical Santa Claus bag for everybody. 
you know, for, uh, for all eight of the competitors, you know, they're getting, you know, whatever it's, it's a swag bag, t-shirts, koozies, a knife here and there, you know, maybe, uh, some type of coupon for something, just whatever. Um, just all the little swag and gear kind of on the front end through those sponsors, I think, um, would be good to like get at check-in. Um, little logistics things, um, coolers on every lane. Um, it didn't get too crazy hot this year. Um, but I think it's good to have that on, on the stage. Um, beginning of where it is, I just have a cooler water and Gatorade because especially at the end of the O course, like there, there was one team and I'll give you a one guess which team it was. Um, they got done and I guess one of their extra guys or one of their guys that got hurt came up and I like turned around when they're finishing and uh, there was like a whole case of Bush light, like at the end of the O course. I was like, is that a fucking case of beer? And they're like, yeah, dude, we're going to drink that after we freaking finish this stage. Boston. It was like, and it was like their last stage of the day. So they didn't have anything else to do. Obviously they weren't shooting. So there was no shooting that day. Um, and we just kind of sat there and chill and shot the shit and had a couple beers. <laughs> um, kind of getting away from having water and Gatorade, but you know, whatever. It was the end of the day. It's fine. Um, already talked about, um, uh, paying people, it, it's man. Because I remember, remember that first day you were talking about. You had like five people that said they were going to volunteer that didn't yeah, show up. Yeah. Um, you know, would though? I mean, no offense, to those people would they have shown up if you told them they were getting paid? Maybe I don't maybe. know. Maybe they had a personal emergency where it was legit. Maybe, maybe they woke up and was like, eh, "I'm not really getting paid for this. Like, I'm good." Um, little stuff like that. Um, let's see what else. Oh, this is one of my, like in the shower ideas, having yearly interactions with these teams, um, you know, not just seeing them once a year at this comp. So if that's, um, you know, running one of the Valkyrie classes, um, at one of these departments um, and or uh, doing a podcast with some of these guys, because some of these other guys have other careers and other companies and they're in other States and they do stuff different and they might have different, um, they might have different shit they want to talk about, or they might have something I'm interested in that I want to talk to them about Um, something where we keep that interaction uh, throughout the year. Um, I don't know, just take that camaraderie to kind of a different level. Um, and then it also shows those departments and those guys other specifically different things that Valkyrie has to offer where it's like, hey, we got dead last in breaching last year. Why don't we get Valkyrie's breaching class so we know what the fuck's going on and we can be competitive Absolutely. and we can be competitive in that stage next year. Um, there was even, <clears throat> there was even other teams that me and Paul spoke to, um, where, 
they want Paul to come out to, um, you know, to their county or their department and, and teach him a few things. Um, Paul has different things that he has to offer, offer, uh, kind of his, his bread and butter is the SRT operators course. Um, and he also has a year long package, um, that includes some stuff for like SROs and, um, like continual training throughout the year where he's helping with the training department and consulting throughout the year. Um, and I'm pretty sure one of those teams at the competition is going to pick that up. Um, which is good, good for Paul and his business. Um, rolling down the line, possible referral discounts or perks for teams and sponsors. Big thing I told, and I've talked about this before and I got to talk to, um, I don't think I talked to everybody at the comp about it, but I talked to a lot of people at the comp about it where it was like, Hey man, to like make this thing grow. If just every team recruited a new team and yeah, every sponsor huge. and every sponsor recruited another sponsor, this is automatically going to be twice as good as it was last year. Um, you know, are we going to have 12 teams next year? Probably fucking Maybe. not. Um, probably fucking not. Well, that creates a whole nother level of logistics. Logistics. Um, it's Housing. A whole, that's a whole nother yeah. ball game of logistics and money. Um, if this grew uh, double in size from year two um, to year three, um, which is, I mean, fuck, it's still a good problem. Um. And we yeah. and we make shit work. That's that's what we do. Oh, for sure. Um, we could sure. we could definitely figure it out. As I said, uh, you know that that's a good problem to have. Whether it's yeah. transient tents or whether we figure out a way to put them up for lodging, but I want I want to see this event grow to twelve teams. Yeah. Yeah, and it's def it'll it would definitely be. I mean, it would definitely be interesting to, for them to. Uh, see how many teams that place can even hold, you know, like what's the, what's like the real capacity of this? Like what's like the, the total growth of getting all these teams in here, getting them out, you know, or like getting them in and out of stages. And um, it would definitely be, it would definitely be interesting and a fun little, fun little challenge. But um, be yeah, any type of, any type of discount for those teams, um, what that would look like, I don't really know, but that's, I mean, that's a pretty common thing in business. It's like, oh, you're, you know, refer a friend and get whatever the fuck, 50% off, um, food for thought, um, back to sponsors. I really kind of already hit on this, uh, telling sponsors where their money's going. Yeah. Even even trying to sell like certain packages, like, hey, do you want to be the food sponsor? Obviously, that would be a that'd be a giant sponsor. I mean, that's thousands, that's thousands of dollars. Um, do you want to be like the food sponsor? Do you want to like uh, sponsor targets? Do you want to supply water for the event like Budweiser or Spartanburg did? Um, do you want to be, you know, what would be like like a dream? 
I say dream, um, like dream sponsor for ammo. Like if Hornaday came in and was like, yeah, dude, what do y'all need? Y'all got nine mil, 40, 45, 300 blackout and five, five, six. Cool. We're going to bring like a thousand of all of them. Like that would be, that would be fucking unreal. Um, but then you're also saving money um, for these departments and it's showing sponsors where their sponsorship money is going um, or where their product is going with that, that mod, that's that equivalent monetary value. That's important. Um, yeah, for sure. Everybody wants to know where their money's going. I mean, shit, can you imagine if the government did that? We'd have way more confidence. But anyway, <laughs> rabbit hole. I'm going to avoid that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and that was kind of a big thing that I talked about last year and I, I was unable to execute on, on really any of it this, this past year, just cause there was a lot going on, but, um, a big thing with the sponsorships is taking expenses and excuses away from these teams. Yeah. It's like, Oh man, we just, you know, we don't have enough ammo. We've got this new sheriff and he wants us qualifying four times a year instead of two times a year. And like, we barely have enough in the budget to cover that ammo. I I don't want to hear that excuse because we're going to solve it for you. Like that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Um, And that just goes into sponsorships, knowing where their money is going and those sponsorships, helping these fucking sheriff's departments and these police departments. Um, I think, I just think that's a big thing to attract uh, some of these teams. I mean, there's no, there's obviously no such thing as a, as a, as a free freaking lunch, but it dude in first response, sometimes it can get hard to get the type of training and equipment and personnel you need. Like we're fighting this shit all the time. Um, and sponsorships and money can solve some of that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's the American, that's the American way, right? Just throw some money at it. It'll fix itself. Right. Um, but we're kind of doing it for a bigger, higher cause. Um, and then my last one I had, and I was kind of, and I don't even know if I even named this the right thing, um, or if I'm even in the right ballpark for this, but to add, something along the lines of a resiliency and efficiency uh, type class or seminar during the workshop day. So this idea is not fully like developed in my head, but I kind of thought about it um, when I was looking at all these stages and looking at what all the teams do. So there's a big thing for, you know, in sports and for shooting and for different stuff we do in the military where um, if you're doing something um, more efficiently, it can save you for whatever else is down the road. Um, You can last longer in certain competitions. You can last longer on certain ops. You can run longer. You can shoot for a longer amount of time. Um, Specifically in Anybody that participated this past year that was a part of the uh, Chaos Dickens range with me and Paul, um, you know, people that don't know how to throw around throw around a sandbag correctly, right? They're not very 
fluid with their motions. They're not saving seconds. They're not throwing it over their shoulder the right way. Their rifles in the fucking way. People don't know how to, you know, put the rifle on their back. If they're running a two point sling, they don't know how to swing it behind them. They're running a one point. Um, they're really, some people were really bad, like on transitions. Um, just little techniques that can save you time and pain. Um, and then kind of the resiliency thing, um, two off the top of my head. Um, and we're just talking about physical resiliency and just pushing through it. The gas mask, gas mask, absolutely break people down. Cardio absolutely breaks people down. That's why, that's why nobody likes fucking running. I don't like fucking running either, but I still fucking do it. Um, and then like on the O course, are we ever going to run five miles on an op? I mean, I don't want to say never, but 99% of your ops, probably not. I mean, you might chase somebody for a little bit, but you're definitely not getting up to a mile, right? I mean, I'm being realistic about it, but it fucking tests you. Uh, And if you can't, if you can't, and you're not really even running the whole time on that, because I mean, you can, I mean, you can, people that practice, uh, you know, long distance rucks and stuff like that and train for that. You know, if you get on a treadmill, you know, put a little bit of an incline and you start speeding that thing up and you, you can, you can gauge how fast you can hump for certain distances. Um, yeah, And are you doing it right? Or are you, are you walking uphill and jogging the straights and jogging the downhill? So. Right. Do you have any type of technique to it? And when I'm running, when I'm running with those teams, like I'm like, I'm no mom, I am no monster. I, I'm I'm not a very good runner. I'm like half decent at sprints. Um but I'm really about doing stuff efficiently. So while you're running, use your weight, use your momentum to go down that hill as safely and fast as possible without using a lot of energy. Use that momentum to yeah. your advantage to go down a hill. When you go up a hill, it makes a big damn difference if you're fucking pumping your arms right or if you're swinging your arms correctly um, or swing your weapon. If you got if you got if you're carrying a long rifle um, or when you're running, are you swinging your arms across your body and wasting energy going left to right? Or is everything going straight and in front of you? Um just little shit like that can save you time on these events. Um, I don't know. Like I said, not a fully developed idea, but I think that's one thing a lot of these teams don't think about where they're just like, oh, I just got to make sure that I hit the fucking target and just do something fast. It's like, yeah, well, you can, are you, are you doing it fast and efficient? And are you hitting, um, you know, the, whatever the requirements are at that stage, or are you just fucking running through the whole thing? And just going for time. That's good. I don't know. Something to look at. <sighs> Anything you want to change? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, uh, you know, we, we definitely have a good thing here. Uh, you know, the small revisions are, are easy, right? So those are all just uh, fine-tuning, a uh, fine-tuning this, this thing. And uh, that's all manageable and easy. Uh, yes all do the hardest 
yeah, all doable. The hardest part was coming up with this idea out of scratch and being like, hey, nothing like this is being done. We're going to start this uh, start this thing out of nowhere. And I think uh, we have momentum. We have uh, support. And I think it's uh, it's full steam ahead. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the, these these are these are good problems to have. Um, just talk about progression and revision. The uh, and as you said, it's easy, right? To to fine tune and make it happen. We already yeah. have the teams now that are going to return to next year. We have the sponsors who are going to, you know, they're they're 100 sat, you know, they're happy and they're going to return next year. They're they're satisfied. They're completely supportive of what we're doing. So having that return is going to be awesome. Those, but now we already have a, uh, a good baseline that we don't have to go and get for sponsors next year. We already have these returning sponsors. We have these returning teams. It's yep. just now growing it more. Yep. And with sponsors, usually people that return, they will usually give you a little bit more the next year and then the next right. year and the next year, as long as you're, you know, a good host. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the one and, cool things, but, one of the and cool things put, bottom line said business. One of the cool things bottom line said was uh they were happy about the just the attitudes of everybody. They said, you know, they go all around all around the nation with uh with boots and they said that everybody there was just how nice they were, how interested, you know, they were and how they came around their station, they were interested in the product, they were interested in talking to them, uh, seeing what they had, but just the the I guess the interactions that they had with teams they were, they were happy yeah and, you know they said they go some places and you know some people want nothing to do with them uh that's why this you know i talk about this being such a such a cool event and you know where everybody leaves or you go out the door they're there to learn new tactics techniques equipment gear they want to see what's on the market and uh i think these sponsors see how how involved these teams are and how you just the command staff alone of the supporting officers coming so it's it's definitely where you want to be as a sponsor or a vendor for sure for sure i think the sawmill's got all the pieces to facilitate all that too um because that's always been a great place even even before they kind of revamped their stuff it was always a good place out there um anything else you want to leave on man nah I'm good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. We've been working all day. <laughs> no, it's uh, no, it's always good to talk to you. The uh, I'm excited to uh, to to keep pushing and build it, build it more for next year. Yes, sir. I was, I was very happy how this uh how this challenge turned out, and then this this was a good year. Yeah. So, uh, no, I mean, it went it went how I was expecting. I mean, I was I, I was optimistic about it. Um, I mean, there's always, I mean, there's some people that, you know, we were out there and different volunteers and different teams and they'll, I mean, it's just like, it's just like it, uh, it worked, especially for law enforcement. You know, there's some people that think other things are a bigger deal where to me, it's just, it's just a Tuesday, you know, um, but I mean, and I think you just gotta work around those things and reassure those people that you know, like, 
hey man, like it, it's gonna it's gonna happen. These competitions, something's gonna come up. Somebody's gonna mess up somewhere. You're not gonna plan for a certain thing. But I mean, what's one of the biggest things that we talk about um, in all of our classes, our podcasts? Um, being a first responder is being adaptable, right? We're gonna fucking roll with it. We're gonna fucking make it happen. When it's like Greenville County's commander, you know, he, I was a, uh, you know, we're talking about time hacks, and he said, "Man, I'm here 24 hours." He's like, "Or I'm I'm here all day," uh, but just how. Just being being super gumby, right? You know that things are yep. gonna happen. Yep. You know that uh, you go as you said, go with the flow, and just they were happy to be there training for three days. So yeah, because um, I mean they don't they don't. I mean, every once in a while, if you get sent off to a school here and there, but like you don't. Most places don't get to go to some really cool training event every single year. Usually, training events. Are they're boring? They suck. They're about some topic you don't really care about. Um, it's something that some desk monkey came up with that thought it'd be a good idea. Um, you don't even have the right personnel uh, learning the right certain things. Um, but for these, you get—I uh, don't know—just the right dynamic of motivated open-minded uh alphas and it works uh i don't i don't really know how to exactly to explain it uh you know because sometimes you get too many alphas in a room and it, you know you get too many chiefs and not enough indians and shit's fucked up but i don't know shit shit went good yeah no it yeah it's good just worked out all right. Well, some of us have to work tomorrow, so I hope you liked the review. I'm pretty sure everybody's listening. Um, you know, you've seen all of our stuff on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm gonna try to get on YouTube soon. I need to transfer all these over to YouTube and figure it out. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to see my face every week on the YouTube though, but people always ask about that. Um, but as always. Make sure to like, share, review, subscribe. Everything Carolina Tactics Group. Everything Valkyrie uh, Tactical Solutions. Um, and any of the other sponsors we talked about. Um, of course, Paul. Um, with Controlled Chaos. Um, we'll be back next year. Um, yeah. Like I said, with some of these ideas, hopefully we'll see a lot more of you in person throughout the year. Um, if y'all have any gripes or complaints about what we talked about, um, I mean, just message us and we'll address it, I guess, if it's legitimate. <laughs> yeah. But all right, brother, till next time. See you, man.